This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. Man, man, man. What's going on, Rich? Not much, man. Ready to talk about the uh, NBA All-Star Game, the UFC. Um, what else? The uh, UFC. going on? Yeah, you know, in the UFC. <laughs> uh, you know, we always talk about uh, snafus with entertainment and their content. Like, apparently, the Zack Snyder uh, cut of Justice League, like, leaked on, uh, or is it Warner? Whatever the streaming service that's going to hold it when it eventually comes out, like in a week or so, like end up leaking, end up being on like if you clicked on Tom and Jerry, uh, you can watch this this show or this movie that uh, the people have been anticipating or this version of this movie that's been anticipated. Like I'm anticipating because that shit's gonna suck because Zack Snyder is not good with superhero movies. But um, that's that's besides the point. Uh, speaking of duds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, AEW Revolution. AEW Revolution. Um, I I haven't done a deep dive. You probably looked into it. Uh, so, what is the worst AEW pay per view officially? Is it this pay per view or is it the All Out from last year? It's AEW All Out for sure. Okay, and, and I'll I'll back that up by being in person at All Out. Like All Out was definitely worse than this show because this show had too many things I liked in addition to like. It was a very weird show. Like it was just like uh, I was watching with Jeremy. Uh, I was watching with Swerve. I was watching with um, Josh and Dan. And I kept like there were about three matches in a row. I was like, man, wrap this shit up, wrap this shit up. Like they're going too long. They're going too long. And it just seemed like the the feeling was off the entire night. Like it, something, something wasn't right. And then, you know, leads up to the to the big explosion that wasn't. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely AEW All Out. And then you think about the tooth and nail, the fucking mimosa match, um, the tooth Matt Hardy. And, is and that the Guevara. big swole match, the tooth and nail? Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot yes. about that one. Yeah, I forgot it, about that one. And another thing is, like, people like the uh, the Sting Darby versus uh, Starks. Oh, that was and, awesome. Starks and whatever match a lot more than me. I was just like, 
I, I was yeah, fucking. I, I, I like that one. I, I thought that match was awesome. I I was like, what the fuck ever. Like this is. <laughs> This shit does not interest me in the slightest. Like, oh, okay. Like, there, there's 20 guys that Sting has. Cage kills one of them. They all run away. Then all of a sudden, Hobbs comes out. And then this is a story about the fucking bat. I'm just like, this is like this is some, like, Sin City. I bet you can't even lift that cannon shit. He's like, sure I can. Like, whatever, man. Like, I, I, I didn't care. But whatever. Um, It was shot cool, but it's like, it was... It was a mess from not a mess, but it's just like I, I I don't see why they couldn't just have a match and not do a a plunder match with a three foot drop through the shit and like they they fight throughout the building and people are tracking it and I'm like and it's it's in this like abandoned warehouse looking shit and I'm like this is like some shit that Batman will swoop into and just like beat the shit out of everybody it's like y- y'all selling drugs in this bitch hold. Hold this forearm. Hold this battering. Hold this smoke bomb. I'm 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 gonna ba- basically wrap all of y'all up for the police to come get y'all. Y'all definitely selling dope out this bitch. So, wow. <laughs> so for me, I was like, I, I, what is going on? Like, well, uh, but yeah. So we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, I, we'll get to I, it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. But. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was it was three matches. I thought all were um, some level of very good, or some points even were great. But then something happened. Um, <laughs> there was there was lots of um. And, and I I feel like you know I came on this show last week and said if things don't go right. Like there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming back to haunt them. And then talked about the lack of singles like matches that were um you know on the show that were elite singles matches like like it wasn't there. And then like other warts just start like exposing themselves when you know the the show's not going well. You start seeing. The overinflation um, uh, of everyone being on the show, uh, just cutting things down. Um, and the uh, stardom show that we reviewed, uh, you know, as a standalone uh, a couple of days ago, if y'all haven't heard that, check it, check it out. Like that show, um, they had like essentially like five big matches or whatever, like on the, you know, the singles, you know, whatever. And I want to say Momo Nanai was like, what, like 10 minutes? Yeah, it was 10 minutes. So like Matt Hardy and Hangman Page went 15. Like, and that (laughs) felt like it went like 18. (laughs) And they're not even the worst offender, uh, really, to me. uh, That match was was fine. Like, or not fine. I would say, I would dare even say that match is like a, some three I think they saved it by the end. (laughs) For me, it just felt like that was a... That did not feel like a pay-per-view match to me. That felt more like a n- 9 o'clock dynamite match. You know, like it, you know, and that's not necessarily anything wrong with that, but it's like I don't I don't care to see Matt Hardy on pay-per-view at this day, day and age. Mm-hmm. And then the surprise, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a surprise. It's like Ethan Page, Ethan Page is a good wrestler, but it's like, you know, I I That's like fine. him. I think he can be I think he could be a star of some some degree. He can talk. I think he has a like he's definitely shown his dedication to physical fitness. Yeah, he's definitely um, in transforming his Yeah, so like I I think he's gonna be a valuable like, you know uh like mid car heel, someone that, you know, would be right in there. Um, but let's let's go through the show and we can get all to it because I got plenty of talking points and I'm yeah. sure you got plenty of jokes. So I mean, <laughs> I don't. I got jokes. I normally always have jokes, but I think the thing yeah. for me was just like there were so many things. There's like 
overpromise or you overpromise this, this is what you get. You're doing the stu- then there was like stuff where it's like, oh well, let's you know do the brass ring. I'm just like that doesn't. I I don't fucking care, dude. Like just put something on a put something up there so they can go grab instead of making more uh, jabs at WWE. Like I'm, I'm here to see you. Like what do you have to do? Um, yeah. So we can run through the show. Yeah. Um. So I guess pre-show. We normally skip the pre-shows, but this one's kind of event- eventful. So. Um, Britt Baker comes out and she says Reba can't wrestle or whatever, but she brings out Maki Ito. So Maki Ito comes out and does all the singing. Crowd goes nuts and you know because they didn't recognize she was going to be there. Um, she got a bigger reaction than the other two surprises, which is fucking hilarious. Um, and then <laughs> they took on Thunder Rosa and Riho, and this went about fifteen minutes. This was actually pretty good. Um, they ended up getting. Uh, the win uh, Britt Baker and Maki Ito did uh, when the first of many um, run-ins during a match, Reba hit, uh, I believe it was Thunder Rosa with the, with the uh, crutch she was holding mm-hmm. and got the pin. Uh, Britt Baker did. So that kind of uh, out, it set up like this, you know, thing we'd see later on uh, in the show. Did Excalibur point out the feud between Thunder Rosa and Maki Ito from the beginning of 2020 in Tokyo? I'm Japan. pretty sure he did. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did. Okay, <laughs> because he's awesome. Like it, uh, he he said some stuff. Uh, I forgot. I just want to point out that there's old country beef what between match them. Was. I'll just point out there was old country. What, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I forgot what match it was, but it was like I, it was the Hikaru Shida and Ryu Mizunami match when he did like this this big expedition dump. And I was like, that's why he's the best commentator in the business right now. Like he just runs through that shit, like and, and it sounds like something like he just knows. Like it even sounds like he's studying or whatever. But um, the first match on the show was the Young Bucks versus uh, Jericho and MJF for tag team titles. Um, I love the Bucks gear here. Um, this was, it was weird. Uh, I, the bucks looked like they wanted to start doing one thing and then it just morphed into another in the match. I thought it was okay. It was not what I like, um, when it comes to, you know, the young bucks, but you know, they're not going to wrestle someone that wants to do their style all the time. Um, Chris Jericho's in there. MJF is in there. I thought they were good at different points, but this was a victim of something that would happen a lot uh, during this match or during this show. They get they keep going past the peak, uh, just lots of unnecessary stuff, and they could have chopped something off of this. I think, um, but I think a lot of I think people like this match more than me. Um, and you know, it's a uh, it's another defense for the Bucks. The inner circle is definitely going to break up. Uh, probably Wednesday, if I had to guess. And this is another step in that with Jericho taking the pin, uh, him giving that um, that elbow to Wardlow. So now he's finally crossed Wardlow as MJF has won over everybody else. There's no Sammy there. And that interview they cut uh, later in the show, this feels like we about to get this old nigga out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't need... I don't necessarily need to see the young bucks have to play tough guys. Like there are people that don't have to, that don't necessarily even do that. Well, like Ric Flair, for example, like, 
you know, he, he always wrestled like Ric Flair. Like, that's what I like. And I like when the Bucks wrestle like the Bucks. And I don't think they necessarily got a chance to do that. Yeah, so this would be, for me, the second pay-per-view match in a row where I'm watching the Young Bucks and they've given me the vibe, or not given me, like, they have put out the, the, the story and laid out this story that something personal has happened on uh, to them and they have to avenge said injustice. Whether it was um, back in November with FTR when they take out, when they hurt, injure Matt and, and all that stuff and they put their... Um, their you know their title shot chances on the line in the future if they can't beat them, and then you have this where they beat up Papa Buck, and like you didn't have to do this if this the match if that if that was the match you wanted to do like you didn't have to do that storyline, like you could have left that you could have left your dad to fuck home, and like that's what bothers me watching like these last these last two Young Bucks matches like. Don't make it some personal thing where it's going to be a fight when you don't want to have a quote-unquote fight-type match. Like, that's fine. Like, if you want to do your thing, do your thing. But don't put this shit out here and have to watch you do flips. And, like, your super kicks are cool or whatever else, but you do that in every fucking match. That's, that's, no, that's not any more physical or grudgy than the shit you normally do. Like, it's fine. And the one thing that annoyed me in this match while watching it was, like, there were so many spots in this match. It's like almost like a handful of them where it's like, I don't know if it's bad camera work, bad camera direction, or just flat out bad match layout where there's somebody that is clearly seeing, clearly about to run or jump into some fucking doom and then does it anyway because it's a cool counter spot. And I'm just like, <sighs> so contrived. Um, like, I think the one I think the only part that I felt like that wasn't really on autopilot for for this match between those four guys was like the Canadian destroyer spot. Mhm. And and then there was one great near fall and after that is like, you know, it it's almost like you're watching like a superhero movie in the th- in the final third act when it's like, okay, there's about to be a bunch of CGI effects and fireworks on the and I can almost like zone out and eventually catch back on whatever story beat is. Um it was one of those, and you know, like I enjoyed the match. Like, I, like you liked it, I liked it more than you did. And I, I remember you gave it three and a half. I was like, that's eh, probably three and three quarters. But I was like, it's a title match. It's Jericho. It's MJF. It's the Young Bucks. Like, why does this feel like a norm? One of those like, you know, not important. Hey, like Bucks top, have, one Bucks of those non Huh? I was gonna say the Bucks have slid this on TV between like. Uh, what they did with the acclaim, what they did with Top Flight, uh, what they did with, I believe they had another match in that meantime, all better than this one. So yeah, and and even then, like I felt like those weren't like the young bus giving. I don't want to say mail it in because they're trying hard to killing themselves. Matt Jackson has you know that the hot tag still going, but like even the hot tag was like one of those uh, that he did. It felt like. He was doing it like 80% speed compared to normal. But what? Uh, maybe that has something to do with MJF and Jericho being in the right place at the right time to do it or whatever else. I don't know. But ultimately, I watched this match. And I'm like, this feels like one of the, one of those like Candy Rush insignificant dynamite matches that they that you'll see them do. Like, and the Young Bucks have like seemingly two gears. They either have like this eh, three and a half to three and three quarter ish match on dynamite that's like 
that's cool with some team that, you know, they're, they give a couple spots to, or a couple near falls to, and then they have, like, their real match, and <laughs> that's just a whole mm-hmm. star better almost, and it's like, okay, so I got, like, the TV match, the insignificant TV match on the pay-per-view. Glad I, you know, glad I tuned in for this, like, guess we won't, maybe in three months we'll get another one of them kick-ass Young Bucks matches, and that's what I was like, okay, that well. was like, <laughs> Look, well, there, there's one on deck. You know, we're going to talk yeah, about yeah, it later. Yeah, but definitely, definitely. Um, but, it's like, but it also helps, like, okay, so, like, there's no personal feud stuff in this one, so they'll just go out there and just do just do, do a bunch of crazy shit, and it'll be awesome. As opposed to, you lay out the story, and then you're like, eh, no, toss the story out the window. We just want to do our match. Um, so, yeah, that's how I felt. Like, I was in the high threes on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I... I don't know, like knowing what I know about how at least three out of the four people their matches, um, it was always going to be some type of clash there because I know Jericho's a call it on a fly guy and the Bucks are not. <laughs> so um, I wonder where they met, you know, and it, I don't know if it was in the middle. Um, well, I mean, given how how much stuff they did and how like quote unquote intricate some of those contrived spots were. There had to be some speaking on them, like we're going to do some stuff beforehand. Like I don't think the Young Bucks are a hundred percent. Everything is you know done beforehand. Like I mean, they some stuff. I think I I think that you know we know some people that have or that have you know done stuff with them. But I think like I don't think they. I doubt that they're like that all the time. Right. Right. Um. So after that, um, we got the. Casino tag team royal match. So the the tag team royal rumble. I thought parts of this were very good. Um, as somebody that watches uh, dark, I was you know mildly entertained by seeing guys like Bear Country show up uh, who were just doing uh, the big one. He was just incredible. Uh, to, to what are their names? One's Boulder and what's the other Boulder one? Boulder and Bronson. Okay. Are both so, their last I, names Bear? Uh, both of their first names are Bear. Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder. Okay. All right. Or excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson. My bad. Okay. Um, So we got a couple things that came out of this. Uh, I don't know if the SCU stipulation is uh, in effect for the Royal Rumble uh, here (laughs) because no one was pinned or anything, but I think they're going to gloss right over that. If I were them, I would. They acknowledged it on commentary and then speculated that they wouldn't break up over losing a battle role. And I was like, here's an idea. Show them on camera mentioned that like a week before the show. Yeah. Or on uh, the road to, or on BTE, or whatever the fuck. As opposed to you speculating, because like, now people are, because I'm sitting there like, uh, I thought they had a thing that y'all haven't talked about in like a month. Yep. Um, cool thing with, with QT Marshall, like basically uh, he threw out some some members of the, of the Nightmare family. Uh, Dustin's like, what the fuck are you doing? These guys are with us. And then QT's like, fuck that. I'm trying to win. And then he ends up saying, fuck Dustin, eliminates himself and spits at Dustin. So QT turns. Um, and I think this might play into that Lee Johnson thing that was getting set up. Kind of uh, a thing there. Um, you got Death Triangle in this match. You got uh, the three Dark Order teams. Uh, I have all the eliminations here, so I will go through those. 
So QC Marshall uh, threw out five. Santana and Ortiz uh, eliminated Mike Seidel. Santana uh, eliminated Matt Seidel after Austin Gunn eliminated Peter Avalon. QT Marshall eliminates the Gun Club. Then he eliminates himself. Uh, Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson eliminate Stu Grayson. Jungle Boy eliminates Ortiz. Luchasaurus uh, eliminates Cesar Bonini. Uh, Luchasaurus eliminates Griff Garrison. Jungle Boy eliminates Santana. Markle's stunt eliminates Evil Uno in just one of the most ridiculous like things I've like seen. He gives him like a uh, like a hurricanrana thing, and then Evil Uno just continues running across the apron, and then hits the um, uh, the pole, and then is eliminated. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Um, my dog Big Butch, uh, he eliminated Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, the Blade and uh, Jack Evans eliminated ten. Uh, Luchasaurus, Butcher, and the Blade, and the Bunny eliminated Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the Boulders, uh, or excuse me, Bear Country eliminated Luchasaurus, got him out of there. That was kind of an impressive elimination. Uh, then we got to it with Butcher and the Blade, and uh, Butcher eliminates both guys. Uh, Pac eliminates Mark Quinn. Ray Phoenix eliminates the Blade. Uh, Reynolds and Silver eliminate uh, Isaiah Cassidy. SCU eliminates Butcher. Uh, Phoenix eliminates Daniels. Jungle Boy eliminates uh, Reynolds. And we have a final four of Pac, Phoenix, Jungle Boy, and John Silver. Uh, and Pac threw up uh, Frank Kazarian. Uh, we got a kind of a short mini match here. Um, Pac and Silver got to face off, and that was something we said we wanted to see a long time ago on this show. That was uh, kind of fun to see. But I think uh, Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix was the uh, – uh, that was like kind of like the main uh, thing here. They went about three minutes just doing all this lucha stuff. That that was pretty cool. Uh, they ended up getting the win. Uh, Ray Phoenix has got rid of Jungle Boy, and I think this is kind of like Ray Phoenix's like reward for all those main events um, <laughs> since January. <laughs> they were like, we got to give him something, so he's gonna win this battle royal, and that sets up Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks, and I'm fucking ready. For a title change for the match, because I don't think they're both need to come off them yet. Um, I, I it's a it's a tag title match. I don't think the Bucks will lose. Okay, I, I was, just for clarification, I didn't know what you meant exactly. Uh, yeah, should be a great match. Um, the final four was a blast. It really was. It it may have been it it may have been the best wrestling on the show. The final four. <laughs> so, um. Match- match went 26 minutes they i they did do something that kind of concerned me for later on i asked around the room i was like you guys think they should be showing the clock um during you know this match just you know kind of to protect that you know countdown thing for the main event or whatever but um it didn't end up like coming to bat to bite them too much oh yeah that's not what bought that's not what bit them in, in the end yeah. <laughs> what that did um so yeah, yeah. I've heard people say that like maybe they shouldn't or Melter, for example, mentioned like maybe they shouldn't do the shoot clock, but it's like they've always done the shoot clock, so I don't see a need to change mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so up next we had the AW Women's World Title match, Akar Shida versus Rio Mizunami. Um this match was a lot. <laughs> a lot of everything. So um a lot of time, a lot of near falls, a lot of past the peak. A lot of good stuff, a lot of striking, a lot of um, the crowd just kind of hanging out. Um, 
because you know I don't I don't know if people watched that the the tournament that she won, but um, I thought I liked the match. I liked it more than the, the opener uh, on the first watch. I haven't rewatched them or anything. Um, Hikaru Shida retains, uh, so that tournament you know kind of you know was designed to give Shida a new opponent. She holds onto the belt. What did you think of this, James? I thought that the storytelling beats in the match all worked for me. Um, they told the story that 10 years ago, somewhere, I can't remember what, I don't know promotion, I can't remember what it was, but when they first had a match, or they first made each other in a tag match, that um, Mizunami beat Sheeta and said, you'll never beat me. In, a, in 10 years, you won't ever beat me, right? In 100 years, you'll never beat me. That sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Then they showed the video package of Mizunami winning either by count out or by pinfall beating everybody with a, with a guillotine leg drop off top rope. Um, then you remember when they, you know, after she won and Sheeta came out, they, they, um, shook left hands, which is, it's always weird when you see, cause in Japan, they don't, they shake hands with either hand. They don't give a fuck. So it's, it's always like, it's weird, but it's all of a sudden they shook hands with, with left hands. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's odd. And then all of a sudden they start, they, they traded forearms while smiling. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this is how we're going to do battle. So all of that stuff got played into the match. Like Mizunami comes in, she's doing her typical seedling third match in the tag match with like real or sorry, with a uh, Miyuki Takase and dancing around doing the, uh, uh the Kojima type, uh, uh, chops in the corner and the dance and the invisible rope and all that stuff. And she's taking Sheeta lightly, and she's like, she's being that her ass. Invisible rope shit is off putting. Say again. I said that invisible shit, uh, rope shit, like is like an adjustment. Like the first time you see that, you're like, what the fuck is this? And I, well, <laughs> I think luckily it wasn't my first time seeing a, it. But. For a title match, you're like, what is this? For the story, I I get it. It's like she's taking her lightly, like, and she's roll. She's basically just running down Sheeta. And then Sheeta comes back, and it becomes a match. And once it becomes a match, they then get to the to the uh, to basically the handshake spot where they're both in like wrist control, and they start throwing forearms while with a smiling face back and forth. Like we're actually here. Like you're actually a match for me. Let's go. And then from that point, the match was great. And then they went past like a minute or a minute and a half past like what should have been the peak. And then it brought it back down. So for me is like th- that, that's that last, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain spot in that match where it's like the last half was like legitimately great wrestling. And then they went past the peak like and they brought it back down. At a certain point. Yeah. I see. Especially like they got lost at a certain point. Like there was like deep into the match. Actually it was, I forgot. Oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. There was a a Falcon Arrow, and she sat up, and, like, she couldn't get the near fall. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, So we actually had a question from MJ Does PR. Uh, I didn't put questions out, but he happened to put it in the Discord. He said, "Um, where where do you rate Sheeta against the top WWE women? So I figured uh, we could do Sheeta or. So I'll I'll just do Sheeta or, you know, and I'll go through the whole roster. So, okay. um, Sheeta or Alexa Bliss? Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Asuka? 
Oscar. I'll take Oscar as well. Sheeter, Becky Lynch. In the ring. In the ring, I'll take Sheeta. Um, in a vacuum, I'll take Sheeta. Uh, Sheeta or Charlotte. I think this one is tougher than um, most people would say right now because I don't think Charlotte's been great of late. Um, I'll still say, take Charlotte, though. I'll take Charlotte in a vacuum. Sheeta or Dana Brooke. I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Lacey Evans. I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Lana. I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta versus Mandy Rose. Sheeta. Sheeta or Mickey James. Sheeta at this point in their Sheeta. Sheeta or Naomi. Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Nia Jax. Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Nikki Cross. Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Peyton Royce. Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Mia Yim. I stay. I say Sheeta. I will go with Sheeta as well. Sheeta or Rhea Ripley. I go with Rhea. I am a push on that. Um, That's how I kind of feel. Um, I, I would say that I think I the athleticism like, difference, like, is so glaring between those two. Um, I feel like one of them is wrestling way better the opponents than the other. And if we gave Sheeta, uh, if, we, if we swapped them, and you know, did the opponents, I think we might get an answer. Yeah, but a different then, answer. But then there's also the part where it's like. Even on NXT, it's still restricted plate racing as far as pacing compared to what Sheeta can do in AEW. Like, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like so there's pros and cons in both. Like, you can you're, you can pretty much have your match in uh, AEW regardless, even if the opponents there are lesser less talented opponents. But like everybody, even NXT has to work a slower pace than what they're used to. Like, she couldn't have that that like, that flash of near fall that like, racing yeah. uh, pick up a pace of near falls with Cheetah and, and um, Mizunami last night that doesn't happen in, in NXT or a or yeah. Raw or SmackDown. Sheeta or Shayna Baszler. Sheeta. I will take Sheeta also. Um, on to SmackDown. Sheeta or Bailey. Sheeta. I will take Sheeta as well. Sheeta or Bianca Belair. Sheeta because of experience. I will take Sheeta due to the experience and the. She has more output too. Like the I mean, major league, the rep, like yeah. like the major league reps that she's had. Yeah, like if she, like I mean, Jesus Christ, you know how good Bianca Belair would be if she was able to go to, so, the, the tour Japan for like mm-hmm. six months. She would come back like, she would come back, incredible. <laughs> um, Sheeta or Billy Kay, I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta as well. <laughs> Sheeta or Carmella, I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta. Sheeta or Chelsea Green, Sheeta. I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta or Liv Morgan, I'll Sheeta. take Sheeta. Sheeta or Natalia. Sheeta. I will take Sheeta as well. Natalia, it's been a long time. Um, Sheeta or Ruby Riot. Sheeta. I would be tempted to. I don't know. I I feel like Ruby doesn't get opportunities. Um, that's true. So I'm, that's true. So, but I feel like she's a good worker. So I I, I, I will still she take is. Sheeta, but not. It's not a immediate Sheeta. That's that. true. Um, that's true. Sheeta I I dismissively said Sheeta or reflexively said Sheeta too fast. You're right. Yeah, uh, Sheeta or Sasha. I take Sasha. 
I'll take Sasha as well. Um, Sheeta or Sonya Deville, Sheeta. I'll take Sheeta. Sheeta or Tamina, I will take Tamina. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> I've done too many of these. Sheeta. The answer is Sheeta for that one. <laughs> And uh, finally to NXT. So, uh, Sheeta or Leah? <laughs> Sheeta. Sheeta or Candice LeRae? Uh, uh. I'll say this. I like Sheeta's offense more. I'll take Sheeta. I don't like ants. That's really a push for me. But yeah, I'll take Sheeta. Uh, I will skip Elena Black, uh, Sheeta, or Dakota Kai, or Cora Jade. Oh, who's, okay. who's who used to be Elena Black? Who's like nineteen years old? Okay, um, Sheeta or Dakota Kai. I I go with Sheeta. I think Dakota Kai would be better um, if she were um, in an indie somewhere or an AEW or whatever. But I mean, she's still. Um, the way they position her, they don't Dakota, let her. Like she's a person that they like. They treat her like she's a good hand, as opposed to Dakota let her walk out and have her match. Owen Hart of women, kind of. Uh, I will take Sheeta. Sheeta or Ember Moon. Ooh, I take Ember. I'm gonna take Sheeta on this. It's been a long time for Ember. I think. Um, I mean, you you have to. Well, I'm watching XT and I'm watching these matches. She's still in fuck. She's still as good as she was. Back in 2017, so uh, I, I go with Ember. Um, Sheeta or Priscilla Kelly? Sheeta. I mean, I uh, laughed that off. Like, like, look, Priscilla yeah. Kelly's pretty good, but I still go with Sheeta. Yeah, Sheeta or Indy Hartwell? I'll take Sheeta. Yeah, Sheeta. Um, Sheeta or EO? EO. I will take EO. Um, Sheeta or Jesse? <laughs> I will Sheeta. take Sheeta. Um, like, Jesse's a she- jobber. This is like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like um, it's weird. Like, okay, so like, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know. I she seems like somebody that they will push. Um, Sheeta or Casey? Sheeta, Casey, Sheeta. Casey, Casey's potential ceiling is higher, but like that's down the line, and I don't think she's reaching that in, uh, while working the under or working the prelims for the division. I don't think she's gonna make it. Um, there's a good chance that's true. Sheeta or Caden Carter? Sheeta. I will take Sheeta as well. Sheeta or Mercedes Martinez? In a vacuum? I'm going to take Mercedes. Yeah, I'll, I'll take over Mercedes. In a vacuum, I'll take Mercedes. Uh, Sheeta or Raquel? Yeah, Sheeta. I'm going to take Sheeta as well. Um, Excuse me. <coughs> There are Sheeta certain or matches Santana that Santana Garrett, Sheeta. There are certain matches that Raquel could have that that like Sheeta just can't. But the same could be said on the other end, and I think there are more matches that uh, Raquel can have that Sheeta can. Sheeta or Shotzi, Sheeta. I'm taking Sheeta as well. Shotzi, like I said, very goes from um, spot monkey. I think she, I think she goes from actively bad to like, oh okay, that's not so bad. Um. Sheeta or Tegan Knox? I'll go with Sheeta because I know she'll, she'll be. <laughs> she can stay together long enough to be on. They'll be on the be in the on the mat to this do it. This is true. I will take. Sheeta. Like, 
I think I think I think like the run that Tegan had before she blew her knee out, another knee out was like I see why they liked her so much. I, I see why um, or like her, and I don't want to say past tense, but um, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if her body's going to hold up for. Mm-hmm. Sheeta or Tony Storm. I think this is probably closest one. This is a push for me because I think both of them have wildly disappointed at various points and stood out at others. So I'm going to go push on this one. I don't want to give a push. I, I've, 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 I've been able to not do a push yet. I'll, I'll give an answer. Give me a second. Yeah, All right. Sure okay, are. so I'll go with. See, the thing is, like, I've seen some of the like title matches that some of the red belt matches that, sh- that Tony Storm's had. Like, you, I don't think you've seen her best stuff. Um, it's, 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 you're right. It's really fucking close. Um, I'll go with Sheeta. I'll go with Sheeta. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's worth discussing. Like Zia Lee, I'll take Sheeta as well. Size hasn't really had uh, those chances. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, (laughs) The the Sheeta or game. So basically, like yeah. So so major amrest on TV. She's She's somewhere in the top eight. Yeah, at least like minimum. Like you know, you you really want to get me going. Uh, how about we do Thunder or we'll we'll, we'll uh, go ahead and and save that for another day. But um, yeah, man. Uh, up next we got fucking Kip Sabian and Miro versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. This show already started feeling like it was running long at this point. Um, I was hoping that they would do the attack backstage, say they fucked them up so bad, the match is canceled, or it was some type of squash and then it wasn't and then it was just like we gotta wait for orange castle to run his ass out here to do the comeback fuck and this only went eight minutes of match time but they got the backstage portion as well it was a whole deal didn't enjoy this um and i don't even it has like a 4.5 on cage match my god um. Yeah. So I really cannot give an assessment of this match because I was too busy, like going back and forth with Josh, arguing over which like three and three quarter match was better between the Young Bucks match or the Sheeta match. So I, I, I really, I really don't, I really don't have many answers for you. I just saw like the mic stuff Dang. with, I, I, I yeah, yeah. It, it, it obviously didn't grab my attention. Because it wasn't like, because it wasn't like me and Josh were having some heated thing. It was just like, well, this match is on. It hasn't grabbed my attention yet, so I may as well just can keep have a conversation with Josh. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's tank. Um, they're trying to rebuild. Start with Miro. You, know, you look dominant. He got the win. Um, up next, uh, we had the big money match. Uh, Hangman Page beats Matt Hardy. I thought this was. Um, it, it fluctuated from different points. I wanted the. Uh, 10 minute squash. I wanted the five minute squash. I was wondering why the fuck it was going on so long. It got competitive. It got compelling. I was like, oh man, these guys are actually trying to like kind of work hard here. Uh, then it got a little long. 
and then it you know at the end it was like oh okay it's time for more people to come out or whatever during another match here and they did a cool thing where they flash back to that battle royal how um you know he, he got saved uh by the dark order in that battle royal but this time that helped them win uh i like that portion but um yeah it was just kind of a standard match we kind of touched on it uh, a little bit earlier but yeah it's like a three star three and a quarter thing it's fine like i um was gonna say yeah i just i like the work that matt hardy did on the hand because like that at least gives it at least gives like hangman an alpha wide and he beat this dude quickly so uh, i i did enjoy that storyline element of it um <laughs> but it was it was kind of funny. I laughed. It was like, oh, okay. So like, I I guess Matt Hardy has now turned into like Pete Dunn, technical worker guy. <laughs> he's he's working. Who knew? I was like, Who where knew? did where did this come from? <laughs> but okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good match. It was a good match. It wasn't anything other than a good match though. Yeah. Um. And up next, uh, I can tell you a match that was not a good match. The ladder match. No, um, <laughs> so we had the ladder match. Scorpio Sky defeats Cody, uh, Lance Archer, Max Caster, Pentagon, and the debuting Ethan Page. I believe I called that. Uh, I'm, that's not some type of special thing. Lots of people call that. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm very high on Ethan Page uh, going back to him being an impact. Uh, Scorpio Sky gets a win here. Uh, Cody Rose got booed in this match rightfully because he had to do some shit like he got a Canadian destroyed through a ladder and they did the fucking carry off and all this these extra dramatics and he was sleeping essentially then he tried to run back in and the crowd just just gave it to him and I was like yes boo him uh, but this never really had any type of flow people was just waiting around to do shit this didn't have elite flyers this didn't have uh, super spots I would say they, they did like things like um what? Okay, they had some super spots like catching yeah. a Canadian destroyer on a ladder bridge and then getting fucking power bomb through a ladder bridge. Those got we can't just say those are just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers but almost I, I, died out I just, here. I just feel like you know the ladder matches like there's so many of them like and this one didn't stand out any in particular way. Right. Like this was this is about the worst ladder like, match you can about this like. How do I say this? This was a good match, but this was like for a ladder match for the, in the in the grading off the curve of ladder matches, about as low as you can get on a competent ladder match. Like, there I think spot. there were things that it, hurt this match. Just things that just absolutely yeah. hurt this match. The Cody thing hurt the match. Him being him not going all the way to the back, but to actually just be off to the side and then to be on the camera side, pulling focus the from the guys that are on killing him. themselves and doing bumps and stuff the whole time while the biggest star in the fucking match is. What's going on with him? What's going on with him? Oh, never mind. Fuck you, Pentagon. That just, you know, just fucking died over there. Fuck you, Lance Archer. Yep. So it was like that. That was just focus pulling. Um, you know, he's coming back in the match because the way they played it up. Come and then Scorpio Sky. He gets fucking Archer power bombs him through a ladder bridge. He goes base. The ladder bridge actually breaks. He basically lands on his head and neck um, as as he crashes through the bridge uh, to the to the uh, the mat. And then like Cody comes out. And he wrestles um, after being out, after getting Canadian destroyed on the uh, ladder bridge for, like, I don't know, I, the, the, basically, like, the middle and the very end of the match, or until the, the final, the third act of the match. And then, like, Scorpio Sky is basically, like, fucking dead. He took a worse bump than Cody did. 
And then, like, out of nowhere, Scorpio Sky gets up and, like, the last two minutes of the match and fucking wins. I'm like, wait, what? Cody Cody had a worse, had a less severe bump than you did. Came back in the match after being out of it forever. Scorpio Sky sits for basically, like, six minutes, gets up, and he's fucking fine. I'm like, oh, this, obviously, I don't know if this is all the plan, but it's like, okay, this hurts, this, this strains my credulity. It's like, it, this is like, what, what, what? There was also a spot between Cody and Ethan Page where I immediately took the to the group chat and yelled, Cody Rose is the worst wrestler in the world. What um, happened? I don't remember what happened. I forgot what happened, but it was a <laughs> it will be on Botchmania. Like okay. there was I, I don't know what happened, but like him and Ethan Page like just dropped each other and fell or some shit. Like and it was just huh. like it was like wow. Um I thought Caster's rap was like he took all the right wing talking points, put them into a verse, and the and current event man uh, the thing. He got kind of a response with it, but um, not too impressive uh, to me. And I usually like Caster stuff, but um, I guess he knows his audience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I I was not happy about this match. I thought this was um, I thought. Uh, given to Scorpio, it reeks of like, yeah, we got to get this guy going. And again. I'm begging, I'm again, and I'm begging Scorpio Sky, please be interesting. Attempt it. Please. Like, the, the thing that was with me was like, he was acting like a heel on commentary on Dynamite on last Wednesday. So, right. he, I mean, obviously. Seems like he could be going in that direction. So Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking is like, maybe it's a slow burn to get to that point. Um. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff happens, and ultimately, like at the end, like they're all fighting, all six of them on this on these ladders and taking these bumps to go grab a fucking like mini light a, like, a lifesaver thing, this a thing. sonic um, ring, yeah. <laughs> a honey nut Cheerio. <laughs> like I just, I was just like, yeah, bro. Like I get the joke, but like. That's fucking lame, bro. Like, I don't know what you put up there or whatever else, but, like, let's not have it be a fuck WWE joke thing or whatever else that these dudes are going to fall through ladder bridges and fucking almost, and take, you know, <laughs> take these Look, crazy me, bumps for. I'll take, I'll take some fuck WWE stuff all the time, but, like, this was, like, bordering on yeah. descending into parody. Yeah, because, like, you want to make that joke and shit, it's like, uh... We always make jokes about all these ladder matches that WWE does or NXT does. NXT ain't having no damn three flat star ladder match. <laughs> y'all did. Yeah. yeah um, so maybe y'all shouldn't cry the fucking brass ring if y'all gonna have this kind of fucking match. Like I said, weird mix of guys from the beginning. Um, a lot of bigger guys, and mm, not not the face of the revolution, <laughs> as they say. Uh, then up next, we got the street fight. Um, and actually, no. Up next, we got the reveal. You know what? So, what? Oh, actually, before we get to that point, why do you think they booed Cody? Do you think it's because it offended them because of the match and all these guys doing a bump? The match layout, or do you think it's because it's like we don't want to see you fight Darby again, dude? Why are you even in this match? I think it was the match layout. I okay. think they saw him go away they're like man what the fuck are you doing and it's just cody um you never know when you're gonna need insurance cody and you've burned through 
all types of gimmicks, sideshow stuff, uh, things in your matches where you are just doing shit that isn't the action. So when you try to hop your ass back in here, it do- it didn't look heroic. It didn't look um, it didn't look like anything. It looked like one of those weird things they would do with Roman Reigns or Brock um, Lesnar. Yeah, they did it with Brock a lot. Like that 2015 Royal Rumble match, uh, that triple threat match with Cena and, and Seth, where they had to, they fucking power bond him through a table, and then like Seth and Cena went out there and went nuts, and then the Phoenix Splash, and then Brock just swoops in and and uh, you know German suplexes Seth to death. The uh, that four way at Survivor uh, SummerSlam 2017 with Samoa Joe and Les. Lesnar and uh, Strowman and Roman, where like they care, they broke his ribs, and then he just comes back and fucking pin, uh, pins uh, Roman at the end. It's like, okay, dude, like it, 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 I, it wasn't exactly that, but like I thought of like these times where like people get taken out of these matches. Miz has done that in a Money in the Bank match before, where like he's Again. hurt and comes back later. But this one they was worse like because like he's actually out there pulling focus because there's people like he's in the camera shot the whole time on the hard cam. Yeah. And and there's like ten people surrounding him, so it's just like all this extra energy being devoted to somebody that's just laying there. Right. So it's like, come on, man. Um, then we got the surprise, uh, the Hall of Fame caliber, you know, uh, talent uh, was introduced, uh, and it is Christian Cage. Um, I gotta say, James, I have never been a fan of Christian. I'm aware. He's just someone that people have always told me he was greater than I actually ever saw. Um, I don't think he has any particular like classics or anything like maybe him and Randy Orton in SummerSlam 2011. Um, maybe uh, it's been a long time. Maybe I'll watch that after this to try to get some type of feel for him or something. But even then, that's fucking nine years ago. Um, he's well, old as dirt. Ten years ago, because like those. Oh yeah, 11. ten years ago. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's old as dirt. He he doesn't look old as dirt. I'll give him that. Um, he is a good talker. He can probably wrestle anybody on the on the roster, big or small. Um, but uh, Josh brought up a great point. It's like, well. Why do you have Matt Seidel here? So, like, do they do the same things, really? Christian can can talk. Matt Seidel really can't. Um, But if if it's a thing is, like, having this older veteran teacher person, I'm like, yo, there's a lot of older veteran teachers that ain't teaching, it seems like. Um, And I'm looking at the roster that they have. I'm feeling like I'm getting to that point where I'm like, yo, need to focus on you know the the guys we always talk about that we always say are next and i know i don't know if they feel like they need to wait for crowds to come back and they're hoping for good news at the end of this year or something but in a week's time you pull out paul white and i understand he's a commentator primarily but eventually he'll wrestle we know that um christian you know, and they've signed Ethan Page, so I won't, you know, ignore that. But Christian, and I don't know, man. I'm not, it doesn't excite me. Um, I like Christian. 
I think that in the 10 years that I've watched Randy Orton from 2011 until now, I think that he is at worst Randy Orton's second best opponent. The other person would be Daniel Bryan. Um, so, like, that's why I have an affinity for Christian. Like, once once um, we got back into wrestling, that summer of 2011 is like on SmackDown, him and Christian were out here having fucking bangers on SmackDown TV for for the uh, the big old belt. So, like, I, I have a soft spot for Christian. Also, the match he had, I think it's 2013 SummerSlam with Del Rio was also great. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, I, 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 uh, the people that were around and watched the TNA Christian Cage stuff, I, I understand why they're fans. Um, but I'm, you know, I see your point of it was like, that dude was number two in a, in a, you know, tag team that sometimes played for, as geeks. He's a vampire. Yeah, right. They played as geeks. And, like, I understand the mind he has. I appreciate the mind he has. I appreciate, like, what he can bring to the table. I don't, like, I, but given the what you laid out as far as the number of uh, vets already on this roster, I I don't really know what he could do for them as far as, like, on screen that would make this worth it to take away, you know, screen time from a Ricky Starks, from a um, Darby Allen, from a Jungle Boy, from a MJF, from a um, Griff Garrison, from a Sam Guevara, who, you know, uh, you know, from, from top flight. Um, so I, so I'm, at, I'm kind of at a loss for that. Uh, like the only thing I can think of is they feel like they're going to have four shows a week eventually. Right. Two on YouTube, two on TNT, and they're like about to start, like you know, saying, "Hey, we got to have somebody on this show. We got to have somebody on this show." And it's like, "Yo, man!" So, are they actually going to like strip down these rosters into being like a split roster, or do you think this is like this person must do dynamite like once every month, and then like right. you know this, then like the next week he'll be on sh- the second show, and then they'll go back and forth. I mean fine but ultimately you still have that same issue where it's like that guy is more over than certain guys are at this current point in time and him being there just by being there stops the trajectory or or stunts the trajectory of the person that's on the come up like Like, unless he's wrestling them like Matt yeah like Matt Hardy Jericho um now, now Christian, Sting, and it's like, all right. So what happens when like we come to the pay per view time? Mm-hmm. We're going. Are you going to cut off? Is only one of them four going to be on the show? I think the fuck not. So right. That's 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 my concern. Is like, like my rule has always <laughs> been, hey, don't be destructive. And then it's getting to the point where. It's not necessarily the wrestlers that are being destructive. Yeah, it's it's not where the wrestlers are being destructive, but it's like what you said. It's like, whoa, you got so many of these guys. Who are you leaving off? And then, like, your young guys are going to end up getting the shorter end of the stick because that's just how wrestling goes historically. And it's not like Um, a situation where, like, you can have – I mean, I feel like they try. They do so much shit, but, like, I don't think it's going to be a thing where, like, you're going to have, you know – X number of storylines for all these people and then like people that don't make the cut like you're just gonna burn that off like on the week going into and the week going out of Dynamite like I don't think you're gonna do that 
Like, oh, they they have be- done that at different times uh, before, though. But yeah, but my point is like now it's organize. one thing to be one. It's one thing to be one match. Like you know, you had to burn off the Shaq match. Shaq couldn't do the thing or whatever else. Or like you know, NXT has had this problem too. But it's not like we only have four pay per views. Like I don't. I I think the the thing I'm concerned about is like the more old guys you put into it, the more stuff you have to do. So therefore, like when you can, it's like okay, we'll just burn off. Oh, we got to cut off this one match. Now you're like, damn, we got to cut like three matches now and come it comes to you know, figure this out it's like i it could be a good problem but it's like if you gotta if you gotta figure out where to put three matches for a pay-per-view build or whatever else on tv or whatever else that means obviously is like the fallout from the pay-per-view is gonna need more answers like do you really want to fit fit two matches that weren't gonna make the cut or whatever else because that's I figured that would like not help your rating. That's kind of what I'm concerned about. Like trying to find the hot shit and keeping it hot and then moving from, you know, transition or whatever else was like, you have this glut of stuff now that I'm concerned like trying to juggle all that with, you know, four shows or in, you know, four old heads or whatever else or more old heads than that. Like it, you know, because you even got the Daniel SCU shit. You got Paul White on commentary that's just gonna wrestle. Team Taz eventually gonna get into some shit involving Taz. Need to be on t- on TV all the time. Like it, I'm I'm concerned. Um, yeah. We'll see how they do. I'm giving I'm only giving them a doubt because they've done so well. But you know, it's one of those things. Where it's like I don't yeah. know, bro. It's like your know, questions have to be asked at this point, and I and the questions they illuminate when. When the car doesn't feel like it's going well, that's when you start looking for answers, right. and then that's what leads to your questions, I think. And um, we'll get to the next match here. Um, like, like I said, I'm not like really like no super fan of Christian or anything, but ultimately, um, like for that big show come out there and say all that stuff and to be Christian, it's like no disrespect to Christian because I, I I like Christian, but nah, bro, that's it's definitely overselling. Yeah, uh, that would have been like Cena, Brock. CM Punk, something like that, and they didn't have to do uh, that. They didn't have to say that he was going to come out. Say anything, you know how how crazy people would have went had they been like, "Hey, we've got a guy that um, that you think is signed somewhere, but he's not, and he's he's going to debut Sunday." People would have been like, "Huh?" And then like Christian's music hits, they go fucking nuts, and then I'm like, you know what? He's fresh off the Royal Rumble. It is, you know, a. It does look like, hey, on their their side, they're pushing Edge, and then you have Christian here, but <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, man, I I don't know about the timing on it. You know, I think That's I think funny. they could have been, I think they could have been, uh, you know, better about that. Maybe even kick the debut until you know they they've debuted plenty of people uh, on the first show of the cycle, but um. Yeah, I I hope he can you know wrestle some of the some of the younger guys like I you know I think him and Sammy or Ricky would be um, something to look out for, um, you know we'll see. So, um, but after that we got the street fight, uh, Darby Allen and Sting against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. I loved this match. I thought it was um, immaculately shot. I popped like three seconds into it when Darby jumped off the wall and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Like, they're like, this man is real life Spider-Man type shit. Um, 
they they fucking roll up to the event and Sting has a fucking tape player in his car. And of course, Sting has a tape player because like Sting's old Uncle Sting um, is 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 has the, has the tape and he starts Darby's music. Brian Cage rolls up in one of Shad Khan's cars. That shit looks great. Um, I, I like Ricky Starks' uh, street fight attire. And I, I just like, you know, the, the presentation of it. The, the entrance w- was great. It, it felt like a music video and like some type of movie. Brian Cage looked like he's an old motherfucker that should be in a movie somewhere anyway uh, with, with how big he looked and the angle they were shooting him at. Um, I, I wouldn't say this is the best cinematic match, but I would say like out of the it is one of the good ones um, that are up there. So um if this, you know, I, I can't call this anything but a success, like as far as like with, you know, the use of Sting, um, he ended up getting the pin over Ricky Starks, but you're not going to beat Sting in his first match. Um, that would be stupid. I don't know anybody that would do that. Oh, wait. Um, yeah. So mm, I, I think. From here, you know, I don't I don't know where Sting goes from here. Maybe he goes away for a little bit until it's time to pull him back into something. But um yeah, I, I like I said, I thought it was I thought it was shot incredibly well. The special effects were great and it felt uh, a lot more a lot closer to like the best friends proud and powerful match than it did like a straight cinematic match like the stadium stampede or something. Um I I disagree with that one part. Um, not to say that it necessarily um, made it bad or anything. I just was like, <sighs> I was entertained watching it, but I I kind of came away feeling like it was utterly purposeless. Like, does this get? I don't feel like this got Derby over anymore. I don't feel like this got Ricky Starks over. I don't feel like this got Cage over. Um, but I mean, it was it was. It was well done, um, well shot. I I have problems with um, some of the stuff where the lead in when they're all driving to the warehouse and like I'm trying to figure out like where exactly is this shot? Is it supposed to be sh- like oh this is pre taped or is it supposed is it supposed to be pre taped or it's supposed to be live because like they're giving us the commentaries if it's live, but clearly this is not the way it's been edited. Um, just I don't know what I don't I'm trying to figure out what location they're in because like I see like Darby is like doing like spots or doing spots doing uh tricks like skating by like Georgia Tech campus in Atlanta and then it's like so wait are they are they in Atlanta are they in like Jacksonville are we not supposed to know where they are like and then I was also like okay well fuck it they're in some fictional town and then they went to go to where else I was like okay fuck it they're in Gotham City fuck it they're in Gotham City and Batman finna swoop through this warehouse and and, and, and stop this dope they're anyway, in the hoodlum zone right yeah so um <laughs> I mean I so like for that like I just was like alright whatever uh but like the story was fine and it um I but it wasn't a wrestling match and I was kind of like I I want to watch wrestling. Um I I don't I and I feel like if they had did like a a a non cinematic like if they had done something similar to Backlot Brawl right where like they did it in one take and they had a story for it where they all fight through whatever else and did it live. I feel like this would have came out a lot better when you have um, the commentary, but once you do it taped and edited. Um, the 
you know, for camera for her camera angles, and then like they have like this ominous soundtrack in the background while they're doing commentary. I was like, pick a lane. Either this is either we're calling, giving you live. This is actual. This is some type of sport, or the, like what is the the or the the I can't get a, a a handle on like the 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 theme for this. Not the theme, but like the is this, is this some live presentation or is this like a movie? This? Which one? Um, and so it, mm-hmm. it kept that like the stuff around it bothered me more than the actual like work done and edited for it. Like as far as that, like that was fine. But like I was like I just can't get into it. But it was um it was fun. Like I'm pretty sure on a, on another watch is probably more stuff on that I missed as far as like while I'm in my mind like what what where are we? <laughs> oh, there was one thing they clearly sl- swapped Sting out for somebody. Like oh, really? when he did like that, that sunset flip or whatever the fuck it was, there was a jump cut and it was like uh, there was like some someone that was not Sting. I've never seen Sting move that fast. Okay. So uh, I would I'm going to look that up and send it to you because uh, I I don't know if it was Jeremy that pointed this out. Or somebody else there, but they were like, okay. "That was an edit, and that was not Sting." So, <laughs> okay. yeah. like it felt it felt more like less like you know the cinematic stuff we've gotten out of AEW. It felt less like the Stadium Stampede and more like something out of Lucha Underground, mm. as far as the look. Yeah, man. Then up next, we got the AEW World Title match, the exploding barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Um, this match, there's a lot to say on this. Um, <laughs> so I've been kind of trying to piece stuff together and figure out what happened regarding the big explosion. <laughs> Apparently, they got a bad bomb. Like that's that's what that's what it comes down to. They got a they they did get other bombs that were similar to that one or the same test those out they liked how those explosions look and then this one like when it was time to go it couldn't show um but before that um the match uh itself i liked the match a lot uh um, i did too i thought it was um i'm big on presentation uh it, it's a thing that i'm kind of evolving with and my wrestling fandom so like when moxley walks out with his uh, leather jacket says Mox on it. Then he brings his drink to the ring, and I'm gonna take this fucking drink before I gotta go blow up. Uh, I liked all the explosions uh, all around the ropes in the match. I didn't like the floor explosion. Um, I liked Kenny coming out in the uh, the the shirt, the deathmatch shirt for for the match. I think that thing's gonna sell a lot. Uh, the the Street Fighter, you know, knee pads over the jeans. We've seen him do that before. Uh, he came to the ring dead fucking serious. It wasn't like no, there was no introduction. There was no, no type of nothing. Him playing around. This was like yo, I'm. It felt like he was walking to, the, to the ring at Russell Kingdom or some shit. Like, he, like he was dead fucking serious. And these two beat the fuck out of each other in this match. Um, and as crazy as it is, like it wasn't the greatest Kenny Omega match I've ever saw. It's not the best John Moxley match I've, I've right. ever seen, but. I have so much respect for both of these guys for being ambitious enough to try something like that. And in Kenny's case, that kind of like, you know, that reinforces why he's my favorite wrestler of all time at this point. It's like he's willing to try this stuff, even if it doesn't, you know, work out like that because because of the ambition in it. 
Um, the I think, like I said, I like the explosions. Uh, today, I actually watched Funk and Onita for the first time mm-hmm. to not really compare them or anything because obviously there's a fucking huge difference because um, Moxley and Kenny fucking smoked them work-wise. Like, uh, it might as well have been Hogan in the ring, like in the Onita and Terry Funk match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was very dramatic, I would say that. And then the explosions, they, they had that on lock. Like, the explosions were great. Um, the explosions, I think, were good at the be throughout the match. Then he takes the fucking death rider on the floor, and I think the air starts getting let out of the balloon because the the explosion on the floor doesn't sound off the way it's supposed to. That's a, a fucking ex- insane bump that just kind of goes to the wayside because of the explosion. You're like, huh. But you're not re- remembering this guy took a fucking death rider from the apron <laughs> to the floor. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but they beat the fuck out of each other. Um, it went long. And then he ended up getting the uh, help from Gals and Anderson. That part, that was an extended period that I think, you know, kind of subtracted uh, from the match. But I thought they. They were getting great reactions. They were getting better reactions than anybody from doing less because of the inherent danger. Everybody, like, they would lean towards the fucking thing and everyone would go, oh. They would get all the holy shits during the um, uh, explosions. They would, uh, it, they did a cool kick out for the one in Wing Angel with the explosion because I was like, hold on, there's no fucking way. And I didn't realize what they were about to do. But in the end, Kenny gave him that one Wing Angel chair. And like I said, I gave this one four stars. So um, I think, but obviously we're not here for that. This is <laughs> like from there, um, much unlike the Funk Onita thing, the match ends early or whatever. But there's some reason like some, they're in the ring. In the Onita case, it was like, yeah, they beat the fuck out of each other. But he wants to ultimately pull Terry out the ring because he knows this shit's going to go off. And then he runs back in the ring with like 10 seconds left. And then he's like, fuck. And then he covers up Terry and they blow up the fucking smithereens or whatever together. And it's a great fucking explosion. In the AW's case, they had it even designed masterfully with Kingston coming out here, uh, which I said would happen one day. Like the the day he teams over Moxley, it's just going to be like everyone's going to lose it for him. Like it's going to be great. And then the pyrotechnics just betrayed them and gave us an all-time video that's going to last forever. Um, it was one of the lowest moments in AEW history, I would say. Um, it was a moment that they just had to wear on the chin because when you play with explosives, you never know if they're going to work. Um, whether it's the 4th of July and your your firecrackers don't quite go off the way you think or what, but um, I like I said, I give these guys tons of credit. I thought they had an awesome match, but I had more of a problem with what Tony Khan was saying after the show than anything that the performers did in you know situations that were out of their control. I I talked a lot there, but <laughs> what'd you think of that, James? <laughs> I like the actual bell to bell action, or um, a lot. Um, 
I was irritated when they did the the bumps on the apron. I was like, why are you fucking wrestling back and forth on the apron to tease the uh, fall onto these traps on the bottom? Because one of you idiots are going to inevitably grab the ropes or touch the ropes, and like fucking clockwork, they start touching on the the stuff on the on the ropes and nicking the ropes or whatever else, and nothing goes off. No pyrotechnics, whatever. So I was like, I was so that pissed me off. Um, and the thing for me is like, if you're going to use the, if you're going to do the, the, um, Sting, Darby, uh, Team Taz match to, and take that so that you can set up all this stuff around the ring, then take the fucking ropes off the ring and, and put barbed wire run and run through the ropes as the ropes, like the barbed wire matches that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, so that hurt it. Um, and I remember like I was waiting for like the first bump or whatever else into the into the uh, into the uh, barbed wire and like the first bump happened and I'm just and it, and I saw the the explosion I was like that's not good that looks like a weak explosion that did not look like any of these explosions I've seen in Japan don't like any don't like Tim or don't like any exploding bat or doesn't like any um like barbed wire spots or whatever else like I actually um this morning I watched um. Horio Masumoto and Nana Takahashi's uh, barbed wire death match from 2019. I had watched it uh, two years ago, but I rewatched this because, like, I remember the explosion being way better than this, and sure enough, it was. Um, so I was like, I don't understand why this these explosions look. Okay, so when I've seen these barbed wire matches or, or bat matches or whatever, exploding bat matches, like the pyro goes off in a way that where you can almost spin disbelief that like electricity went through people's bodies. Mm-hmm. These, these, bl- these blasts like, like flashes, like, like gun flashes, like gun blanks. I mean, like gun blanks. Like, yeah. And they were trying to depend on smoke rather than pyrotechnics. Yeah. The, anything of any type of concussive force. And I'm not, and I was thinking to myself like, okay, so, and I'm looking the way it's rigged. Like, the explosions aren't actually coming from the barbed wire that's on the, uh, you know, that's a, a bound or around the ropes. It's right around the ropes. It's actually like these two rows of wires that are like around. They're basically like wrapped around the post about a, you know, a couple inches off. And I'm like, that's that's odd. Okay, so like, so I, so for me, it's like I don't, I don't know if it's a fire code thing or what. But like this isn't like normal the stuff you see in one of these matches like normal stuff. So I'm thinking to myself like, why didn't they just do this shit outdoors somewhere where they could actually do it the right way as opposed to, well we already had one of these matches tape. We don't want to do another tape match or do an outdoors match whatever. I was like, hey bro, I understand that. I, I get your concern for that, but like, you. The, the way you plan this out, y'all, the match ended up being wrong. So, like, if they ever do this fucking again, they need to do it the right way and not worry about the, oh, well, the, the live reaction doing two last matches or whatever else. is like, if you can go away for one match and the crowd will sit there and watch it, you can do it again. Like, especially if, yeah, especially if the I alternative think- is you get a fucking dud go, go off. Especially the part where, like, if you take this match four, they could have done five fucking duds. We never would have known. <laughs> yeah man I was like I was watching it Eddie Kingston comes out there fights through them after they, they leave this nigga monster to die in handcuffs bleeding uh, right. great heel work oh, by the oh, way hold on one oh, 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 question one oh, quick thing so 
the match we get to court scenes in the match and I'm like, I'm really enjoying this match once they got back in the ring after doing the the <laughs> that crazy Kenny's gonna kill himself with the uh when he took the the uh uh oh, Death Rider on the freaking uh there, bar there was bar a bump thing. he took early in the match where it looked like he didn't want to take it, like when he flipped into the table or whatever. But mm. like he immediately like made up for it like when he got drilled on that chair with the barbed wire and then that fucking um <laughs> bump to the outside of the ring. Yeah. It was like Yeah, he he's fucking crazy. So once out Gallo's answer came, I was like, God damn it, here we go. Like it's fucking no DQ match. We're like twenty five minutes into this match now. And they come out and and that shit is like, okay, so now I have to do the whole thing where it's like it's no fucking DQ match. It came out a minute one and they, and, and they beat the shit out of that dude or whatever else. And but whatever they they gave Moxie the bell with like two guys. It took three guys to beat him. And he kicked out of the the one wing angel. So he had to get one wing angel through a fucking table or a, ch- a chair to to actually lose. Fine, whatever. They gave him protection. It's like I, I I'm not like John Moxie's lost one time ever before this point in AEW over over a year in time. Like he can lose a fucking game. It's fine. And the first the first time he lost they. The same motherfuckers helped him cheat. Uh, or not the same, it was at Callus actually, but whatever. Um, so, like, I'm thinking to myself when I complain, when I'm like having to complain about the, they should have did this shit pre-taped, is like, well, I, I guess they're thinking like, well, how do you get do the Kingston thing if it's outside? It's like, that's simple. Line up the heels on one side, line up the bait face on one side like you do on time every single night, like they're just watching in their fans and, and attendance watching the shit. And then once they get down to like 15 seconds, whatever it was, when, my, when Kenny, uh, when uh, Kingston ran in there, have him do the same spot by saying, we got to get him out of here. I, I, fuck it, I'll go in there. I can't stop him. Fuck it, I'll cover him up. Blow the whole fucking state. Oh, don't blow full state. Let me, let me relax it for that. It's <laughs> fucking no, non-fly list. But like, blow, do the right explosion. And then like, you have your, your, your fucking great match and then not get, you know, hampered. But like, with the... With this Gallows Anderson interference, with this fucking dud, it's like I don't know. It may have been a four star match, maybe in a four and a quarter match. Was like I can't. The fuck? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like whatever. Like I don't know what and, to do with that. And sometimes like, and, and this was Kenny's idea to do this match. Like it comes back to him, um, and his ambition can turn into situations like these because what if but, it doesn't work out but i'm not blaming the ambition on i can't blame the ambition for the fucking power not going off i have to blame the booker right, for, right. i have to blame the booker and the promoter in the fucking stunt team for not like having this shit figured out or for them not to have the foresight to oh yeah you know this shit he is was- kind of finicky maybe we should do this shit outside seeing that we already had these like lame blasts going off when they run into the barbed wire to begin with maybe we should do this shit <laughs> right Reportedly, he was furious backstage. I'd be too. Um, I fucking almost... I got dropped on my head from like a four-foot drop. Yep. Yep. There was bleeding, cut up, all that shit. They went through fucking hell. Like, their match is going to be lost to time or whatever. But, um, yeah, like, at the end of the day, the fucking bomb didn't work. And I didn't like what, what Tony Khan was doing as far as, like, um, all, all the cap they was doing on the, on the call... And they're going to try to, I don't know if they're going to try to spin this into a storyline that Kenny built the bomb in the wrong way. And what do you expect? And I'm like, well, you've had kind of this great track record of like not being sleazy or lying to the fans, like in egregious ways to where you have that, 
that he has that insurance. Yeah. I would say the thing is like. I don't really care about the lying part as much as because everybody has to have some level of game, right? Anybody, but yeah. like you're insulting my fucking intelligence, right? It's like you didn't need to say that. All you had to do was come out and say, "Yeah, man, shit didn't go off. It didn't work. You know, we'll, yep. we'll try better next time." And then from there, if you need to give it a fucking kayfabe thing, I don't think you even need to do it. Be like, "Hey, man, shit didn't work." It is what it is. Can he, and then you make the joke, you know, Kenny, or have my say, well, I guess he's a shitty, you know, bomb engineer. He's a shitty terrorist. And then, right. and then you go from there. And, like, uh, this shit was, like, you know, it was, it, it, it actually, that was the, you know, have to spin it to, this was the plan all along. Like, if that's a plan all along, then we need to, like, we need to say you're a fucking moron. Because that right. was stupid. Why, why was Kingston laying there selling an explosion that wasn't right. like that was like thirty feet away from him? Right. Um, yeah. Overall, getting looked at for medical assistance too. Right. Laying there dying. Um, I I do love like Kingston coming in. Uh, if if that explosion goes off like the way it's supposed to, I think it's fucking great, and yeah. I think that's a face turn for like the ages, but. We'll see if Eddie Kingston can look. We 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 saw Eddie Kingston um, talk himself into the best talker of the year. We're gonna see can he talk himself out of this? Like okay. <laughs> we are going to see. So now I, uh, I I have had this thought ever since it happened, and I was like, should I say this in the thread or should I should I say this for the podcast? I said say for the podcast as they never brought up. So. Given that, uh, given Eddie Kingston's record in AEW, um, given the way he's lost and lost and lost on TV, um, at what point do we have to just say that this is fucking sabotage and Tony Khan, in all actuality, in reality, fucking hates Eddie Kingston and doesn't want to actually hire him and really doesn't want him around so he's doing everything to sabotage this dude because he's no realizes that good of a talker and says I'm going to do everything in my power I'm, he's going to lose all the time I'm going to make sure people don't give a fuck about him so I can get rid of him in a, within 18 months because that was fucking horrendous you cannot t- oh this is your baby first turn he's going to be with the top baby face in the company well here hold this we're going to make it like a plate of piss there you go you go out there and you get medical assistance for a fucking uh, bomb that never even went off. You sound like a jackass. I think that's a um, that's a rather results based uh, way of looking he, at it. Look, yeah, you're right. Results. The results is he gets pinned all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan hates this man. The, the, the results of the bomb not going off, oh, but oh. Um, you know, like it's all in the follow up on this. Like if it's me, any cases opening. Eddie Kingston's opening dynamite with the mic. And I'm like, hey, talk us out of it, Mr. Great Talker. Save us. You know, like, save yourself. Shit. <laughs> um, Would it be better yeah. if they just pretend this shit never happened and moved on? <laughs> <laughs> there is an argument to be had why, on that. Like, why can't they just treat this shit like the Nightmare uh, collect or Nightmare collect Nightmare Collective or Nightmare Initiative? What was it? Nah, you you know what they do? Because I actually saw some of the pictures. The pictures from this shit look good, actually. So you open Dynamite, right? And you play. You don't show the video, but you show all the still frames and the audio, and the, the, the frames look awesome or whatever. And you're like, oh shit! And 
You can't get away with it. Can't get away with it. Yeah. That shit looked too bad. Like, and the yeah. best part is like, if you go back and listen to the audio, that shit that Doug goes not doesn't go off, and like everybody on commentary goes silent except for Excalibur, and Excalibur's trying to sell it, and Ross and and Callis and Giovanni are just like, nah, bro, you got it. You ruin your your fucking credibility. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not an idiot. I was in WCW. Look, I was in WCW when that shit went down the toilet. I know some shit is bad. I'm letting this shit go. You have it. Ross is like, look, bro. I had to. I had to do. I had to call for Vince Russo. I know bullshit when I see it. You can have it, uh, <laughs> Excalibur. Callis um, was talking all that shit, and that's the quietest I've ever heard. That's the quietest I've ever heard Callis in my life. He ain't say a fucking mumbling word. <laughs> He's like, nah, bro. I, hey, man, I need to get the impact. I get out of here. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm rolling. <laughs> to the impact. No, I'm going back. Yes. I'm, I'm closing the door. Hey, man, let me get Kitty out of here. Close to a show. Yo, all time like bad right there um so you said this is one of the worst this is among the worst moments AEW history how what's worse am i mistaking something am i forgetting something i would have to think about that but overall this card if you think about all the great cards in AEW history was the reverse of it um what brought AEW to prominence was great wrestling great storytelling and like serving the fans in a way that just you know they wanted to be served um i think what happened here is they got too cute they used way too many gimmicks in this show way too many like they they it feels like they didn't have the heart to leave people on the bench here and then ultimately they tried to promise something that they couldn't deliver ultimately at the end of the day and they thought they could deliver it but didn't work yeah, yeah. Um, didn't work, and yeah. it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world. The company's not going to fold because of this or <laughs> any, any like you know inflammatory shit you've probably seen in the last twenty four hours. I haven't Anybody seen any of that, this? but that sounds funny. Oh, it's oh, it, yeah. it, oh, it's shut, WrestleMania shut for, for, for it, 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 It's a free cloud giveaway. Mm. Look, look, it's a free cl- cloud giveaway right now for dunking on AEW, and mm. you know they they've been waiting, and you know that's. That, as their prerogative, you know they they hate it exists in the first place. So, um, <laughs> uh, I think it'll be fine. Just move forward with your storytelling and don't get like take notes on what happened here because it wasn't just the explosion that like ran this pay per view um, into unfavorable territory. Yeah, um, I've. The reason why I asked you if you thought uh, where do you think this ranks at the bottom of AEW history history is because like re- regardless of if you think AEW or AEW All Out two thousand nine or two thousand twenty if it was worse as far as a card I don't think I ever at any point before thought that like AEW misjudge what the crowd and their fans wanted watching at home or in the uh, stands. I think this is like the biggest mm-hmm. misstep. Like, you come out here with we got the biggest surprise ever for you. Oh, Christian. Uh, we got a, another person in the um, in the battle royal or sorry, the uh, ladder match. Oh, it's, it's, it's Ethan Page. We're going to give you 
the final blow off to our greatest feud and our, our biggest feud in AEW history, and we're gonna end it with a fuck finish where goons assemble and beat the babyface, and then we're gonna blow him the fuck up. Except we didn't we didn't, we didn't pack enough fucking <laughs> uh, uh, dynamite <laughs> to blow the fucking thing up, like. It it was like yo, this is a, these are missteps of just yeah the Cody thing as well. Like this is like yo, I who when do you think that we wanted any of this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never like came out of an AEW show feeling that way before. As far as like top up and down throughout the entire show, just like nah, that's not what people want. Yeah, or half of it anyway. Just like half the stuff people did not want, or you. They're just completely just misjudged or whatever else the night of. Um, so, you know, obviously the the bomb being the doubles and the control, but like a lot of the stuff that we talked about, like that was stuff they could have controlled. Yeah. And ultimately they could have taped that fucking match too. And, uh, you know, just to be sure, like I'm sure the next five years we're going to get another one of these matches. I bet that bitch is taped. Would you want to see one? Like, cause I, I, I'm of the mindset that, you take some time, you wait for this shit to dial down, whether it's two years, three years, mm-hmm. and then you you try this shit again. And yeah. it doesn't even necessarily have to be Kenny and Moxley, but like, oh yeah, I meant know. like for another big blow off few for another few. I didn't mean for any. I don't. I don't. I don't need to see Kenny Omega or John Moxley in AEW do any other gimmick matches, it, gimmick death, no DQ, anything goes matches for a while. Yeah, um, all clean matches from here. Like for a while, all like clean Kenny Omega, John Moxley. I think I think for a while, like a good six months to nine months, they don't need to do any of that bullshit. Or I don't see bullshit like those are bad things. But like as far as like the 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 extra stuff, like nah, man, just have matches. It's fine. And if uh, where's you know, Kenny go from here? Because mm-hmm. I, I saw a little chatter around him, like you know, uh, like you got to reel him in, you got to like. Like some people were, I I think they're being a bit hyperbolic. They're calling to take the belt off of them for this, <laughs> and I'm like, just, I don't know if this. Like, like I'm like mid December, get out of here. No, I'm not doing that. It's February yeah, or March like, actually. Um, so another thing is like, if you take the belt off of them, who do you have to take the belt off of them? Right, right. Like we don't have no more contender um, right now after John Moxley. It's like you have to you have to take time and figure that out. Like. Because is it hangman? All those guys mid card hangman right now? No, I'm like like that hangman. Like you gotta like you gotta shepherd him through the people that we were talking about last week. He's got to go through another gang or something, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, if it's me, um, what I'm doing with Kenny, looking down the road. Um, there's that's there, but he's tied up in the tag team stuff a little bit. Um, you know, maybe you, know, you go to Pentagon. Maybe. Um, it's, it seemed like we we're going to get a pack, uh, another pack match eventually. Oh, Eddie Kingston. That's right. <laughs> you'll you'll probably end up there. You tried to kill my friend, you motherfucker. Like, and you know. All that stuff. So, um, let's see. For Dynamite or Pay-Per-View? I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
for it to be coming right off of this show, I would probably lean towards like that middle portion. Um, pay-per-view, whole another monster. They've got right. lots of time to get somebody ready. So, um, yeah, but like I said, too many gimmicks, too not enough like classic style wrestling. And I think they just got really cocky. They saw revolution coming up. They tried to, um, you know, they, they knew what revolution was and what it meant to people last year. And then they just kind of did a show that it didn't feel like AEW. like dynamites feel like way hotter than that show felt. Um, yeah, it was strange all night. So, uh, bad show. Uh, you think I it's actually a bad show? I'll, I'll probably go like thumbs uh, in the it's middle. weird because because I, I think it's good. I th- I think there are good parts of the show, and then like there are like unforgivable things. I think that just made people feel a certain way about it, and the feeling is big beyond this. As much as the feel carried Revolution to like show of the year status last year, mm-hmm. that feel beyond the show, like yes, statistically or you know. You look. You start going through each one of the matches. You might find you, there's more matches you like on here than you don't. Mm-hmm. However, all of it didn't feel right. Like there, there were lots that didn't feel right. Excuse me. Um, but so disappointing show. They on move cage on. Cage matches a seven out of ten. <laughs> yeah. So and, and if this is like, yeah, this is the standard they've set. So. Um, yeah, it happens. So they had the match, obviously, that couldn't take place on this show on Dynamite. Uh, we're going to just talk about that and wrap it up here. But Shaq and Jay Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. My God, was this better than any it had to be? Shaq looked like he didn't cared and he was awesome. Did a big power bomb, Cody. Um, for everything you know, we've we banged on him earlier in the show. For this was like his almost his finest hour. Um, I thought Red Velvet was awesome. She looked like a star in Jade. Um, what can you say? Like if you don't see it, you're not looking, or your eyes are broken. So I, I thought this was like a perfect match to to do with them. Shaq took a big big table lump that was awesome. It's like. The table just disintegrated around his three hundred. Um, Say that again. You they did a bridge. great. Yeah, I said the table just disintegrated around his three hundred fifty pound body. It did a great number. Uh, I believe they were up to one point three at the peak of the match. Um, this was like wildly successful in a way that I didn't imagine. Yeah, this exceeded um, all reasonable expectations. Um, while also acknowledging that they didn't do much of anything, and that's perfectly fine because pro wrestling isn't just the moves. <laughs> um, like this turned out, it is funny. Like as, as after it happened, I thought to myself, I was "Like, huh? Should we have been surprised that a seven foot one, three hundred and forty pound guy that's been fucking charismatic in a household name for the last twenty five years?" Uh, and charismatic enough to have commercials for all these national brands that he could fucking do professional wrestling. Right. Like, he could easily be like, like if Shaq comes along in like the territory era, right? 
Like, you tell me he couldn't be what the fuck Andre the Giant was, he's and he's lower. bigger than he Andre the Giant. He's a better athlete than Andre ever was. Yeah. Um, and he's actually really seven foot fucking one. He was like that, he's not that's six a nine big thing. in in line about like so the thing for me is like when it came to the Shaq thing is like he does that stuff he doesn't have to do much like and it's funny because like you look at the chops that he did is like he didn't hit Cody as hard as he could have he could you know how hard you know how bad those chops would have been if Shaq actually tried to hit him as hard as he could like he so he's like for Shaq he's hitting him light but Shaq has the biggest hands in the world so like they sound off like the Big Show chops. Um... You know, Cody gets his child's bag. Cody, or Shaq sells one, and like he no sells the other one, and so he's like, "Oh my god, this giant is perfect yep. to pain." And then you're oh, off to the fuck, races with like fuck selling in this match. Yeah. Like I don't, like, <laughs> like, I, you're I, off I to the races know with nobody sell. Yeah. So then you end up getting the uh, you getting Red Velvet and, and Jade in there, and like they they had they did their thing, and that was that was equally as entertaining. Um. And the same similar thing with Jade. Like Jade is such a um, Amazon goddess type, you know, figure with the physique and the size and the look. She and should like, not have been in the audience at Revolution, by the way. No, the best part about it was like everything that was done. Whenever they got to, they caught a shot of her, she was thoroughly unimpressed. It was it was, it was fantastic. I loved it. Like she was like, mm, okay. Like, but she's but she didn't sell anything. Oh my god, that's great. She's like, oh okay, like I do I, I do this too. <laughs> Shit was great, but um, but yeah, it, it just it was just um, you know, with the with the Cody spot, um, like with the crossbody over top rope through the through the tables with Shaq. I don't know I don't know how they got clearance to do that. I you know obviously you no know, Shaq loves taking bumps. He's been doing it on uh inside the NBA for years doing the fake you know fall stuff for, for years for laughs so but that's a different thing mm-hmm. going through a table with a, a grown ass man on your on your chest and you're going through two tables and you're 300 some odd pounds it's a lot more force than normal um so kudos to Shaq kudos to Cody for putting this shit together um the only part I did not like about this match is when he destroyed all of uh, the Nightmare family over by the babyface section he didn't get he didn't I wanted him to put QT through the table. I really did. But he just, he really just he snatched him up and let him go. I was like, damn. If he had put if he look, I had joked, I had joked, I was like, if he put his hands to the table, I'm gonna type in five stars for the match even finishes. I was almost ready to do it. Cause you know I hate QT so much. But um but yeah, like it, it was a blast to watch. And it, it was a hats off to all four people involved. Uh I, I think it I think it was a huge success. And quite frankly, um had this been on the sh- on the pay-per-view. Uh, this pay per view would have been the best match on the show, and it and like it would have been better. It would be a lot better than Cody did. The, the ladder match is better than that. So, um, if you replace that out or you add that to the show and take something off, put something else to the pre show, it would it would add it to the show definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, man, that's all I had really. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully they get back to it, and you know, I as a big AW fan. This one was not one to like beat your chest about, but oh, no. also you, you you can't run from this shit like <laughs> like yo yeah and not tweet nah yeah it, like it's not gonna be perfect all the time that's pro wrestling right <clears throat> right it's like and, but and to be credit you know to be fair like I feel like I'm seeing better reviews on this show than than I thought but um uh, I don't know so uh, they move on and you know they'll have another opportunity so. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, it sounds like a good stopping point of the show. Um, 
thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise and listen to other shows on the network. Um, you have this show, One Nation Radio. You have Keep It The Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. You have Grumman Washes Shit. You have the Grave Consequences Podcast. You have 8-Bit Suplex. You have All Things Elite. And you have Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.